It's Bet McLean Football Showtime. This week, we're in the company of Chris Casement from Linfield and Warren Points from McCaffrey. Chris, Fra, you're very welcome to the show. Let's get the elephant out of the room first. Linfield 7, Warren Point 0. You were at the game, Bigo. I was. Linfield were sensational. Shane Lavery got a hat-trick. Joel Cooper got a hat-trick. At times, they were unplayable. I have to say, I didn't think Warren Point were as good as they could have been, but I think any team were going to get a hammering last night. Linfield are a very special side when they're on it, and Shane Lavery's back heel was phenomenally cheeky and classy all at the same time. And Joel Cooper, he's just playing out of his skin at the moment. You mark these guys sometimes in training. How do you stop them? Yeah, as you say, it just you know when they all click, that sort of front front line all click. Um, you know, it's difficult for any any side, I think, to stop. Do you want David um, to blow it up and go home early? <laughs> yes, you know, once you get in the sort of short sided games and stuff, and you know, Shane or Coops and all in the same team, it's 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 hard to stop. I think that um, certainly. You know, I've been injured watching the past few weeks and watching the likes of Joel, you know, especially Joel, he's added, you know, so much to his game in the last six months. You know, he can play out in the right now, he can play, you know, left as we know, um, he can play in behind and um, he can even play up top. So he's added so much to his game and, um, you know, thankfully for us, it's, you know, it's a real a real positive thing. We're going to go on to how successful Linfield have been and how you're going to get yourself back in the team shortly, but for uh, you're obviously not getting back in the Warren Point team anytime soon. How frustrating is it for you, first and foremost, with that? And number two, watching what you did last night and knowing that you're, you're, you're of no help? Yeah, it's just, Tony, and what's the hardest thing about being injured is watching your team struggle. And it's different if, if you're winning. If your team's winning and you're injured, it's bad, but it's not as bad. But when you're getting, when you're, like last night, when, you're getting, when your team's really struggling, the manager's struggling, the whole, you just want to be out there helping your mates and battling for, for the team, for your manager, for... For the club, you know. And talking to the manager, how is Stevie? I mean, he's been on with us numerous times. He's a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, we love his philosophy and how he tries to play football, but I would imagine he's really struggling right now. I will. I think everyone at the minute's a bit down, but like Stevie's top top man. Like he does everything for the team. He works so hard for us as players, and I think we have let him down massively this season, just with results and performances. And I think we owe him we owe him a lot. And. So are the players still behind Stephen McDonald? would you say? Every, every single player is behind Stephen, yeah, definitely. Um, I just think us as players have, have let him down and we need to turn it around and show, show the faith that he's showed in us and give us, he's given every single player a chance in the team and we need to now repay his faith in us and get ourselves out of this mess and more importantly do it for him, do it for ourselves, so a bit of pride. In terms of yourself, ligament damage and an operation, when do you see yourself being back in the team? Um, well, I'm back in tomorrow, in the hospital tomorrow for an appointment to see, but I think six weeks in a cast and then you have your rehab and boot and stuff after that, so I think they're looking about four months, so maybe February, late, hopefully early February, but potentially late February, early March. Just in time for a cup run. So hopefully that's that's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about yourself, Chris? Obviously you, you can't wait to get back on the pitch. You, you weren't as bad as this man. No, no, thankfully not. Um, no, another couple of weeks I was out um, with a, an ankle injury, and then I came back and and done a done my knee in the warm up. Um, the game was supposed to come back, so you know, last few weeks I've had a wee bit of you know unfortunate luck, um, but remain positive, and hopefully in the next sort of couple of weeks I can you know work towards 
getting back in the team. Linfield going so, so well. Um, I mean, obviously the European run, what you're doing in the league, and you know, you've got games in hand, but you could be top of the league come Saturday afternoon. Um, I mean, for you coming back into that squad, how fearful are you of trying to get a place in the team? Because the squad's huge and everyone's in form. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really think of it as that. Um, you know, as Fred just touched on, when your team's winning and you're injured, you know, it's it's a lot easier. Um, you know, just concentrate on getting behind the boys, concentrate on getting myself fit. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of games coming up and the manager's made it clear that everyone's going to need to be ready because, you know, we've, we've caught up in the games, um, you know, so far after our European campaign. And, you know, it's going to be a long season. Um, we've got the, we'll have the Christmas spell coming up as well where there's, you know, going to be a lot of games. So, you know, each player just needs to be ready. Pete, Chris will play a lot of football this season, believe me. He was the best right back in the Irish League by a street last season. He was phenomenal, as were the whole Linfield defence. You know, and whenever he's in it, Linfield are an even better team, believe me. A lot's been made this week of an all-island league. And uh, you've obviously had an exclusive this week in the newspaper, Bico, regarding it. I want to get your thoughts on it, but just brings up the speed with, with where the conversation's at. So tomorrow night, Thursday... Kieran Lucid, who is the man behind the idea of an all-island league, has invited all the Irish league clubs and all the League of Ireland clubs to a meeting in Dundalk. They will discuss his plans, um, which are ambitious, to say the least, but certainly worth listening to. He wants to bring um, the League of Ireland clubs and the Irish league clubs together, um, 34 of them in total. We have three divisions. And um, he wants to do it as quickly as possible because he believes that is the way to go for football on the island. Now, this has got nothing to do with Northern Ireland or the Republic, by the way. This is just a completely um, club-related scenario. But then what way does that affect with regards to the Irish Football Association and the FAI? Well, he's, in, uh, he's been talking to both. I think if the League of Ireland clubs go for it, the FAI will. And I know that Kieran Lucid has been talking to... Um, uh, the big hitters in the Irish FA, and they're a little more cautious. But listen, give the guy a chance. Let's hear what he's got to say. Um, I thought Pat Fenland spoke brilliantly about it this week. He said, uh, from a Linfield perspective, he's a Linfield general manager, he stated that um, they're going to be open-minded. And I think that's the way to go. Fry, you've obviously played at Dundalk. Um, you know, what, what, in terms of the leagues... How much of a gap do you think there is between the standard of football? I don't don't think it's that big. Obviously, Dundalk at the minute they've pushed on their Europe every year, so there's a bit more. Their budgets are bigger, but like the likes of Linfield and Dundalk, you'll see whenever they play each other in a, when is it a couple of weeks. That I don't think there'll be a, there's a big massive difference. But with the full league, full Ireland league, I think there'll be more money, more teams will go full time, and it'll just be a better standard of football and raise the standard everywhere for Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland. What do you think, Chris? I agree totally. I think it'll be, you know, a more professional, um, more more teams full time. Do you like the thought um, of having to travel to Cork on a weekend? Uh, not particularly, but you know, it, it has to be done. I guess, you know, if it, if it does be, you know, made that way, then then you will be full time. You won't have any work commitments or anything like that that you need to think about. You know, if you are making them long travels, um, you know, but there's. I'm guessing, I, I don't really know too much about it, but I, I'd imagine there's a lot of politics behind it. And, you know, a lot of senior officials of clubs will have, you know, their, their positives and their negatives, you know, towards it. Um, I still personally think that we're a long way away from it, um, from, from getting things sorted out. There's that much 
things that are going on behind the scenes that you know we probably don't even you know don't even know about. Um, what way were the structure? Was it going to be a league of you know twenty or? Um, the top the top the top flight will have fourteen teams in it. Don't worry, Linfield will be one of the yeah, teams. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Chris is right. Um, listen, it may never happen. Um, uh, it could happen in a few years' time. But I do believe whenever new ideas worth are a conversation. Yeah, they're 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 brought up. Let's listen to these and see if we can improve the football. Yeah, I definitely think it's 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 the way to go. Whether we can. You know, sorted out is. I think it's another question. One thing we do know is the United the Union Champions Cup. So it's Slimfield against Dundalk in a few weeks' time. I'm sure you would be uh, wanting to be back in the team for that. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, you know, we know all about Dundalk over the last, you know, four or five years. The success they've had, they've been, you know, absolutely brilliant in terms of you know getting into Europe and you know Europa League group stages and things like that, and obviously league championships. So. Um, does this, does this game come at a better time for you guys, being at the relative start of the season in comparison to them at the end, and they've got a domestic cup to go for even before they get to this Champions Cup final? Uh, possibly. Um, you know, in terms of... Uh, we, we know ourselves in terms of we, we would rather be halfway through our season competing in Europe. Um, you know, I think that you're, you're fitter and you're sharper in terms of your match fitness. Um, you know, if you're halfway through a season, they're coming to the end. I, I don't think there would be really too much in it, as you said. I don't think the gap's that big between their cup final and, you know, obviously the game they have against us. So I think that, that both teams will probably be, you know, right, right bang at it. And um, it makes for a very interesting game. In terms of the league, I mean, Linfield fans expect the league every single season. Um, and I think it's fair to say you boys expect the same. Um, all these games in hand, how does that sit with you? And other teams being in front of you, the likes of Cruz and Corian with, with points already on the board? Yeah, for me personally, and um, probably for a lot of the boys, I think we'd rather have the points on the board. Um, you know, but the games in hand, they can, be, they can be a positive thing as well. You know, obviously, if, if you get the three points, um, I think that we're, you know, right now we're in a good place. Um, you know, and we just, what, in terms of what we can achieve this year, um, you know, who knows? Um, we'll do, we've set ourselves many targets, um, you know, as we do, and with a lot of experienced boys in the dressing room, along with, you know, a good, a good mix of young boys um, who will keep them grounded, um, and we will, we'll just keep keep going along and, and taking each game as it comes. It's old, old cliche, but I think that it's very important that you, you know, you don't get ahead of yourself. Couple of things for both of you, actually. Um, the pair of you were over in England as kids, playing football, professional level. How tough was it for you to come back? Because I've seen um, players come back from English or Scottish football and just drift away from the game. But you two have stayed in it and they're having great Irish league careers. Chris? Just before you answer, is it, is it mentality? Because if you come back with the wrong mentality, some people think come back here and think this league's going to be a gift. Certainly not. I, I think it was. In terms of come back, I think that I was, I was very, very lucky. I got the opportunity to to come to Linfield and it sort of woke me up, you know, very, very quickly. And you know, I had senior players like uh, Winky Murphy, Noel Bailey, um, Peter Thompson, and you know, as soon as she came here as a 20, 21 year old, it was you know standards right up here. You know, you couldn't afford to you know just turn up and you know just go through the motions or whatever. So I was pretty lucky in terms of, of that. I had. They realised pretty quickly that this is what ex is expected, and 
you know, if, if you're not at that level, then you'll be, you know, quickly, you know, quickly down. So I find that out early at a young age, um, you know, from them senior boys, and um, you know, now I'm one of the senior boys in in terms of experience, um, and it's the same now with the young players, you know, coming through from the academy or back in England that they find out pretty quickly in terms of, you know, where you need to be. What about you, Fra? Never, to be fair, I was one of them ones. I came back and I thought this league, sorry, it's only Irish league type thing, and never I went to the Glens. Jim O'Hanlon, we my best mate. He was out at the time, and he, I was saying to him, "Tell Eddie I want to do up front. I'm going to score 15, 20 goals this year." No, <laughs> that's the attitude I went in with. I went to training the first first couple of sessions, and there was Mark Clark and Steve McAloran smashing you from behind in training, and then just finally just wake up and you're playing games, and you realise it actually isn't isn't as easy as you thought it was going to be, you know. And it's, I think it's just, I think it is mentality because I've seen myself a lot of players come back as 18, 19 year olds and they probably had the same mentality I had. I'm going to go in and play Irish League, I'm good enough. But then they find out pretty quickly that it's not, it's not as easy as people think it is from the outside, if you know what I mean. You mentioned the Glens there. We have to ask you about the day that you played in the Irish Cup final and missed your brother's wedding for a I don't like talking about it. a, it's a family issue. We don't like talking <laughs> about that one. But uh, it's been forgotten about until uh, now. But uh, uh, it was it was a weird one because we got the semi final Irish Cup and uh, it happened to be the weekend of my brother Stag. It was in uh, Albufeira, so I missed that. And then we won, beat Crusaders one 0 went on to the final. The final ended up being the same day as the wedding. I was best man, and uh, I don't think Claire, my brother's wife, she's I still don't think she's too happy with me. Like. <laughs> But, Forgive uh, Fra. I got there. I got there for the speeches, and I didn't think we'd have got there for the speeches. So I had a sheet that says, and it was like, right, his mates doing the best man speech. Next thing, I get handed the microphone, and it was a nightmare. Speech was a nightmare. Uh, you said you, you came back here thinking you'd score fifteen or twenty goals in a season. Certainly, that's what Warren Point would love from you. Whenever you finally get that boot off, um, is there a way back for Warren Point this season? I think there is. Yeah, there's only there's only a two point gap at the minute between us and Institute and then you have to take every game every game at a, one step at a time we get carried this weekend which I don't see why we can't take why we can't get points off them and we can't get last year we got two points off every team in the league bar Crusaders so I don't see why that can't change all we need is a bit of momentum a bit of good luck and I think we'll we'll get out of this rut we're in at the minute and here Pete Northern Ireland International beside us yeah, absolutely. We've got to ask Chris about that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I played against Italy. Yeah, what about that, Chris? That was amazing. Yeah, it was some experience. Um, you know, playing against a fantastic Italy team, I think that they had won the World Cup, um, you know, a year before, so they were obviously in a good place. And um, although it was, I think it was a slightly weakened Italy team, as you know, as, as well as a slightly weakened Northern Ireland team, with I think you know quite a, the regular, a lot of the regulars had. Um, you know, future plans. So it allowed, you know, opportunities for the likes of myself to come in and, you know, experience and to experience that, you know, over in Italy was, you know, something for that, that myself and my family are very proud of. To be fair, that night, Chris was probably the best Northern Ireland player on the pitch. <laughs> you were like, you know, there was Colin Coates played that night, Johnny yeah. Tuffy played. A few other Irish league lads, I can't remember. So apologies for that. Like, but you, you actually had a good game that night, mate. No, there was, as you say, there was quite a lot of the the Irish league boys given a chance in that game. Um, you know, in the squad and in the starting lineup. Um, and it, it was, it was some experience to play against you know top players and see the way they go about things. And um, you know, it was a real, real eye opener. 
Right, uh, we'll get to the predictions very, very shortly. But first, 90 seconds with this week. So 90 seconds with this week is Rodney Brown from Crusaders. Today we've got Rodney Brown from Crusaders and this is 90 seconds with. Okay, Rodney, thanks for doing this. No problem, Stephen. Here we go. Best player played with? Gavin White. Toughest opponent? Uh, second leg last year in Europe, away to Lapicha, the right winger. I don't know his name, but that was my toughest opponent. Favourite ground? Uh, Stangmore Park. Interesting. Worst ground? Taylor's Avenue. Who's the best dancer at your club? Sean Ward. Who's the worst dancer at your club? Michael Roddy. Who's got the best fashion sense at your club? Go Sean O'Neill. Who's got the worst fashion sense at Crusaders? Paul Heatley. Best trainer? Uh, Jordan Forsyth. Worst trainer? Sean Ward. Best football moment? Win league with Crusaders. Worst football moment? Uh, Worst? Losing a semi-final away to yards for Coleraine in a League Cup game. Team you support? Rangers Football hero? Messi Favourite sports star outside football? Tiger Woods Favourite TV show? Prison Break Favourite movie? (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one That's a tough one Uh, We can pass if you want Pass Favourite video game? Favourite singer or group? Oasis Signature signature dish in the kitchen? Salmon Favourite drink? Lucas Eight Sport Orange Favourite holiday destination? Uh, Spain And who would you most like to meet? David Beckham this is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. Into this week's fixtures in the Danske Bank Premiership. We start at the Oval Friday night and Glen Torn against Ballymena and they will be buzzing after a win over Lauren last week. Glen Torn are going to go into this one on such a high. Patrick McLean scored an absolute wonder goal to beat Lauren on Friday night. And I've got to say, you know, Glen Torn just are surging up the table. And I've said it before, Pete, it's fantastic to see a strong Glen Torn. Now they've got to keep keep it going and be consistent and the one thing about the team and maybe comparison to recent seasons is they're never beaten yeah um, there's fight amongst the team um, there's real character and um, come Friday night against Ballymena it's going to be tasty on the sidelines both these boys will remember that David Jeffrey and Mick McDermott were going toe to toe the last time these two teams met and um, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened all over again Pete well David loves a trip to the Oval doesn't he He's going to get serious stick. Will he get a result, though? That's the question. My hunch is Glen Torn can keep this role going. I'm going to go for the Glens to, to win 2-1. Listen, they've got firepower as well. You know, um, uh, Robbie McDade, Paul O'Neill, Darren Murray, Curtis Allen's coming back. So there's goals in that team. Um, Ballymena are a strong side, but I think the Glens will win. Chris, what do you think? I know it will pay you to say that the Glens will win, but go ahead. <laughs> I think both teams are very strong. Um, both teams will score goals. Um, so I've been actually very impressed with, with both 
you know, Balamina obviously with what Davy's done the past two or three years at Balamina has been been brilliant. Um, you know, since uh, you know last year, Glen Thorn have improved as well. So I am going to go uh, two two. Two two. Fra <sighs> played played for both of them. I've have friends in both of them. Um, I think they're both. I think they're both evenly matched enough. Like I'm going to go two each. Two each. Just one point on the Glens because you were at that club when it was all over the shop. Um, there was financial problems. Sometimes the players didn't know where they were training. Sometimes there was issues about you guys getting paid. When you look at Glen Tour now, what do you see? Oh, it's, it's completely different. I've seen because I'm, I'm good mates with be Marcus Kane, and Colin Burney, and all still in. Uh, They've, they send in Snapchats and whatever on, of their changing room and they've got the gym and all and I see back in we didn't have we had nothing to train we, sometimes we turned up to Blanchlar and we're told we're not training there we have to go to the Oval you know and the Oval's froze or, so it was strange all the time like, but now it's, it's, they're progressing and they're doing well and they're good investment so I think it's, times are changing for them Times have certainly changed at Larne but what hasn't changed is the fact that they haven't beaten any of the teams in the top five no, they've become flat track bullies and that's certainly not what Tiernan Lynch was looking for at the start of this season. I, I'll be honest, I think defensively they've got to get the finger out and be a lot stronger. Um, up front, I certainly think they've got the players who can score goals. David McDade has shown that consistently throughout his career. Marty Donnelly's a class player. I think in midfield, and Mark Randall, Jeff Hughes... They've got quality as well, but um, there's real problems at the back there, Pete. Yeah, Lauren at home, the Institute this week. Chris, what do you think? Again, just touching on Lauren, I just think that me personally, I think a lot, too many people expect Lauren to be, you know, to be there or thereabouts. I think that, you know, obviously what's going on there has been, you know, amazing in terms of the investment and what they've done last year in the championship. But, you know, the Premier League is a, a completely... So do you think it's fair where they are in the table? For only coming out of the championship, in terms of other people, just maybe outside of off Lorne, um, I don't know what they're thinking, you know, in terms of their club. But I just think that, um, you know, papers and things talking about them winning the league and things like that are being are being title chances. I think that, you know, it's just a bit much. In think terms it's disrespectful of, for the likes of you boys. Not disrespectful, you know, in terms of probably. Just them and you know coming into the Irish League is you know as Fra touched on earlier it's you know it's a higher standard than people give it credit for um, and to win league championships and challenge for league championships is is a very difficult thing to do um, and, and I think it will take them maybe two three four years before they you know get to that point which 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 they will do with with the backing behind them um, I still think they're a very very strong side with. You know, quality individual players. So on Saturday, you know, I think that they will win, and I'll go for three-one, Lauren. Bigo, I'm going to take that on board. What Chris said that that's pretty fair, actually. Um, in terms of this weekend, I think they'll revert back to being the flat track bullies and Hammer Institute. To be honest, I'll go four-one to to Lauren. Fra, uh, same as what Chris said there. He's he's right. Like um, I think they were touted the win the league but you have to really they came from the championship last year with no disrespect to the championship but the level from the championship to the premiership is is there is a difference like so I'd say this weekend I think Lauren with their attacking options I think 3-4-0 It's such a, a big weekend for your club travel to Taylor's Avenue um, you need three points will one point get them? Well I, ho- uh, well, I hope so 
but just it's down to the boys now. Last night said like you need to forget seven nil is done. It's not going to change no matter what happens. So f- the boys need to be fully focused in training tomorrow night and go in and it's going to be a cup final Saturday and it will be a cup final and just hope the boys have it in them and I think we'll all get the points. Pico? The last time Carrick played Warren Point, I was there and um, Carrick done a number on Warren Point, beat them convincingly. Stuart Nixon scored a hat-trick. Um, Warren Point have got to be a whole lot better. I think they've got to show fight. They've got to show belief in themselves. They're a side lacking confidence for me at the moment. They could do a fra back in the midfield. It's very unfortunate that they're missing him. They've also got other key players out through injury. But they just have to stand up and be counted now. And you know what? For whatever reason, I have a hunch they might do it. I think they could actually go to Carrick and get a result. I'm going to go 2-1 to Warren Point. Chris? Again, with Warren Point, I've been really, really surprised in terms of how, how they've got on this year. They're a team that you know, probably caused us the most problems at Windsor last year. Um, you know, in terms of the running power, I know that they, you know, obviously Framis and, and, and different players are you know, all available for whatever reason. Um, you know, I really like their, their manager, Stephen, as well, in terms of his philosophy and the way he likes to play. And, um, you know, for me, it, it definitely has been a big surprise of where, where they're at this year. Um, in terms of Saturday, you know, Carrick gave us a hard game up there, although we won, we won 3-0. Um, you know, first half especially, they were, they were very, very good. Big physical team, so I think it'll end up a 1-1 draw. Fair enough. Game of the weekend, Coleraine at home to Linfield. Um, I won't ask you for a score <laughs> prediction. Um, what I will ask you though, uh, the likes of Ben Doherty, the likes of Owen Bradley, I mean they're really making that team far. Um, are they the best team outside of you boys in the league? They're certainly up there. Um, you know, especially with Thorne back now, um, in terms of what he'd done at Coleraine before he went across to, to St Mirren was you know, nothing short of brilliant. Um, Were you surprised that you got beat here by Coleraine? Not surprised, no, because they're a team we have a lot of respect for. We know, you know, how strong they are as a team and how strong they are, you know, individuals, you know, like like Bradley, like Doherty, um, you know, Stevie Lowry was at Linfield um, with me for a number of years as well. So we know, you know, how good they are. Um, we, we will give them all the respect that they deserve. Um, and, you know, it should be a, a very difficult game and good game down at, down at Showgrounds. What do you think, Pico? Pete, this is out. last week was the game of the season between Crusaders and Coleraine. This week is now the new game of the season. We've got the Irish League Invincibles, Oren Kearney's Invincibles versus David Healy's European Heroes. It's going to be a belter. The place is going to be packed, the showgrounds on Saturday. Uh, it's a tough one to call because Coleraine have been going so strong. Um, Ben Doherty's been the player of the season. I've mentioned that a few times. Owen Bradley is just such a handful. But they've other players as well who can hurt you. Jamie Glacken, um, uh, one, for starters. And defensively, they're a lot stronger. But Linfield have got the bit between their teeth. I interviewed David Healy after the loss against Crusaders. And I've known Healy a long, long time. And I could sense the steel in him. And he was desperate to make a league run to get back to where he thinks Linfield should be. They've won every game since, and they've won them well. I think Coleraine's unbeaten run's going to end on Saturday. I'm going to go for Linfield to win 2-1, and I'm going to be looking at players like Shane Lavery, Joel Cooper, to step it up again. Bastian Heary's going to be big. 
and potentially the most important player of the lot, Jamie Mulgrew, he'll relish that midfield battle, won't he, Chris? Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, I don't think it'll be much football played maybe in the first 20 minutes. I think it'll be a bit, bit of a battle. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that midfield area is going to be probably the key battle with, you know, Stevie and Jamie. Um, you know, two very experienced players who have been around a long, long time with a lot of games. And, you know, that midfield area could be the deciding factor on Saturday. Can I ask you how difficult it is to play against Owen Bradley? For me personally, it's, um, I'm lucky because I'm not sort of in that sense. You're not going man to man. Um, but, you know, he's obviously got, you know, he's got his strengths. Um, I think as a defender, the number one rule for me is, you know, you don't let him pin you. So you don't let him get in front of you and pin you and grab your shirt and roll you because I think that's where he's at his most dangerous once he gets in front of you. Um, and he can feel you then if he rolls you, there's no way that you're out muscling or out strength him. You know, you've seen a lot of times where he rolls the defenders, he gets brought down for penalties all, you know, a lot of the time. So again, we know his, his strengths. Um, and you know, I'm sure our centre halves on Saturday will be very aware of them. Jimmy Callagher's looking forward to it already. I fancy it's that's a great battle because Bradley's been superb lately. Frank, give us a score prediction. Um, I don't know. It's the tight one. If it was a game you want to go watch, it's that like with the players on show. Linfield buzzing after winning seven nil. Korean unbeaten all year. I'm going to be on the fence, one each. Uh, Cliftonville um, at home to Dungannon, and the Reds have been going well. To have, and I think they'll maintain that run. I think they'll be pretty comfortable against Dungannon, who are on a, a real dodgy spell of form at this moment in time. Pete, I'll go Cliftonville to win, 3-1. Frat? Um, Cliftonville 3-0, Joe Gormish, two goals. I'll go Cliftonville 2-0. Do you know one player we should mention? Conor McManaman. He's having a heck of a season, by the way, and he's a guy who is often forgotten about with Cliftonville, so worth a mention. He's playing really well. Uh, finally, this weekend, Glenavon at home to the cruise. Um, again, I think cruise are probably at their most dangerous when they, they've got a negative result against them. Um, I'd, I'd expect them to come out firing on Saturday, um, you know, wanting to put last week right. Uh, Glenavon had a, a good win, um, albeit they've been, been struggling this year. Um, but I think that, you know, Johnny Tuffy, my mate, won't be happy with me saying this, but I think that uh, Crusaders will be too strong for them on Saturday, and I'm going to go 2 uh, 1 Crusaders. It wasn't personal, Johnny. <laughs> you see the Glenavon Crusaders games, there's a real edge to them now. I don't know if it's because, you know, Stephen Baxter and Gary Hamilton, their respective managers, they wouldn't exactly be bosom buddies, so I don't know if that has um, transmitted itself to the players, but there is an edge to that game. Do you know what? If, if Josh Daniels had been playing, I'd have maybe tipped Glenavon to get something out of the game because he always seems to deliver against Crusaders. Yeah, good player. Um, but I'm a bit like Chris, I think the crews will bounce back. I thought it was quite concerning for them, though, how they didn't perform against Coleraine. And they do miss Jordan Owens when he's not there. They really do. He is, I've said it before, he's one of the most influential players in the league. But I think Crusaders' extra quality with the likes of Paul Heatley will tell on the day, and I'll go for the crews to win 2-1. Final prediction for Go for it. Um, it's going to be goals. I'm going to go 4-2, Cruz. Gotcha. 
That's a thriller, Fran. Right, that's it for this week's show. Chapman, thank you very much um, for, uh, for joining us and we we'll wish you both a speedy recovery. Um, that's us for this week. Thank you so much for watching and uh, enjoy your weekend's football. We're back next week. <laughs>